This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Well, should be an interesting show today. Mike Schild, Cardinals manager, with us in about eight minutes from Chicago. He has a game tonight, and his team is struggling big time. Big time. John Mosellock is with us. Uh, about 11.25, we're going to go to him. Benjamin Hockman just before that. We'll ask Mo about the pursuit of pitching and how he is going to accomplish that, whether it could happen today or tomorrow or next week or next month, how he'll go about pursuing that. Mo coming up uh, near the bottom of the hour and in the 11 o'clock hour. What's up, BK? Not much, T.A. How are you? I'm doing well. I was in Chicago over the weekend, came back mm-hmm. last night, uh, saw a incredible atmosphere on Friday. I thought it was great for baseball. The Cardinals lost the game, and you hate to see games slip away, and now they've done it twice. Uh, they have, I think, a, a good ball club, but a, a club that is hampered by injuries, inconsistency, tons of walks yesterday from John Gant. I was not at the game last night, but I listened to it on KMOX on my way back in, and it's frustrating, man. I mean, there's no other word for it. It is frustrating when you just give an opposing team a base, and then a base, and then a base. I mean, it's just... In baseball, that can't happen. You know, I don't care at any level. It seems to me in every sport, when you're at the highest level, teams lose games as much, if not more, than they win games. It's the mistakes. Like in football, turnovers kill you. You turn the ball over more often, you're going to lose. Hockey, it's a turnover. It's a bad goal you give up. It's the mistakes you make. Well, in baseball, the most obvious mistake is a walk or a hit batsman, when you give them a base, an error, when you give them an out, you can't give them anything. If you make them earn it, you got a chance to beat them. If you give it to them, you don't have a chance. Yeah, and back to the atmosphere, you know, it really was great. I mean, to be in the ballpark, it was good for baseball. And There's no way around that. I don't care what you think of the Cubs and Wrigley Field. It's a great place to see a game. It's great to see it packed. Bill Murray was singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. That That is what baseball needed. Mm-hmm. Sports Center, which loves to focus on the NBA and the NFL 24-7. Like, who cares what an NFL team is doing right now? It's June, but they focus on it anyway. Uh, they were actually showing baseball highlights. They're showing Wrigley Field. They're showing Cards Cubs. And while it was painful to watch the Cardinals blow a 5-1 lead, mm-hmm. it was nice to see a crowd again. And we'll get another one tonight, another national television audience. And then tomorrow, 
a full-capacity Bush Stadium. I'm not so certain they're going to be full, uh, but they are open for you if you want to get tickets. They're going to have a lot of people there. But, you know, it's a Monday against the Marlins. No disrespect there, but, you know, it is not the, the situation the Cubs were in. Like, it could not have happened better for Chicago. They opened up the city on Friday, June 11th, and the St. Louis Cardinals, their biggest rival, were coming to town on an 80-degree sunny day. Like, you just can't beat that. Uh, hopefully, the Cardinals will have some big, big crowds and some big moments yet to come, and we can all celebrate baseball back together again. But I know, I know that fans are frustrated. It's like everywhere... That I go and everybody that I talk to, including last night, I want to talk to you about this for just a second, but last night I was at the factory uh, in Chesterfield Valley, incredible venue, but, mm-hmm. you know, the first conversation that I have with each person is, <laughs> what's up with the Cardinals, man? You know, and, and so the problem is pitching. I mean, we can look at the lineup all you want. You can look at it's a couple of misplays on Friday that led to some trouble. But this is about pitching. If the Cardinals don't have pitching, they are not going to win. They, they will not win in 2021 if their pitching stays the way it is. They have to find a way, whether they bring somebody in from the outside or players get healthy very quickly. But mostly, if they don't throw strikes, they're done. It is going to end very, very uh, quickly for them. And they know that. So they're going to have to address this and show some urgency. Yeah, and when you have the corner talent that they have, boy, you hate to waste that. You get Arenado in here, and then you're not going to support him with pitching, and you have Goldschmidt at the other corner, and, you know, it's like, man, you you don't want to let that get away. That's absolutely right. So we will get into that with Mike Schild and John Mosaloc, but real quick before we take a break. So I'm in Chicago. You know how much I love the city. It's great. It's nice to know that you can drive to the third largest city in the country and spend some time, and they do a great job up there. But when I came home, I was reminded St. Louis sent me a little message saying, hold on now, wait a second, we still have some stuff going on here. And I was invited to an opening of the factory. Mm. Wow. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. Now, I know if Michael Steinberg's involved and Steve Shankman are involved, you're talking about somebody who puts a ton of money into the city, and county, and then Shankman, who is a brilliant entertainment mind, teaming together. But it's better than I even thought. I don't even know how to describe it. I would say like the pageant on steroids. Yeah, that's a good. I got to take a tour of it about a month ago, and that would be a great description. It's it's similar in size. Uh, the acoustics are. I I didn't get to hear anything, but just looking at the way it's put together, mm. it looked beautiful. It Sounds can be great. subdivided so you can have an event in the bar area and have another event in the stage area, and the things behind the scenes that you didn't see. Something as simple, especially in a small venue, they don't have washers and dryers. Yeah. Something as simple as that that these guys thought of. You know, the crew needs their own place. And the loading dock has to be right there. And so from beginning to end, this is the first, you know, ground up venue like that built in St. Louis in years and maybe in the Midwest. Because a lot of these are the, you know, the Stiefel Opera Houses, the Fox that are being renovated. But this is a brand new facility that has the artist and the crew in mind and it is, it's spectacular. I cannot wait. I know Buddy Guy's coming to play there, uh, I think in October maybe, but I know he's on his way, and that's one I definitely will want to see out there. Last night they had Jake's Leg, the dead cover band. It was a really great night. I would just leave it at that. You can go to their website to learn more about the factory, but it mm-hmm. was very, very well done. I would describe it, it's so big, though. I would describe it as like looking at, if you from the side, like a third of a basketball arena. Like it's that 
wide. Yeah. Then the floor area is massive. So they're going to do more than just music there. Obviously, they'll have all kinds of events there and graduations and I'm sure programs. And did you notice kids. when you went to get a cold one that if you're in line for the beer, you can't see the stage? Right. And so that way, when you get your drink, people won't be like hanging out there. They will go back away from the concession stand so that the people who are there to buy things. And then they have railings set up so that they separate the way to the restroom from the dance floor or whatever so that you don't, you know, it, it's the crowd movement. They it's, thought of everything. It's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Schilt, we're going to have our producer, James O'Sullivan, call him right now so we can have him on in about one minute or so. He's next, Cardinal Skipper on KMOX. Time to get the inside scoop on the Cardinals 2021 season with Redbirds manager, Mike Schilt. Welcome to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. Well, always a treat to have the Cardinals manager, Mike Schilt, with us. Win or lose, Mike, we just love talking baseball with you and breaking down this season. And It's a long season. I mean, we're sitting there on June 13th, and well, we appreciate you very much. How are you? Doing okay, Tom. How about yourself, sir? Uh, doing well. And I know the Cardinals uh, are putting some numbers into the loss column, but overall I just wanted to get your thoughts first on how you think your team is and what. Uh, let's just look at last night in particular. What would be your overview of yesterday's loss to the Cubs 7-2? Uh, man, we couldn't get, um, you know, got a – Laser home run for Marinado, take a one nothing lead and um go back out and lead off walk, two run homer by Hap and um so it's two to one and then just wasn't able to execute pitches and um next thing you know it's a, it's a five run inning. And uh you know, bullpen, fault scratch called to keep us in it. Um did a pretty good job with it, you know, through the third through the through the eighth, but uh had some chances to do some things. Uh, offensively, couldn't get the big hit. Had some had some good swings. Balls hit at people. Um, I think we had better bats against Hendricks than we've had in the past. Um, didn't have as much to show for it. And uh, played really good defense. Had four or four double plays. Um, Paulie with a diving play. Yachty with a tremendous throw to second to get Rizzo trying to cheat steal. And um, you know, but it wasn't good enough. And you had a, a great start to the game on Friday. Yeah, and and a and a game that kind of got away. How do you keep, how how do you keep from getting frustrated uh, in times like that, Mike? You're the manager of the club. You you have to, you have to lead this team and keep them moving forward. How do you keep from frustration? Um, I, I'm human. You know, we're all human. They're, the whole you know group's frustrated. I can't say that we're not or I'm not. I mean, this has uh, not been a great stretch, and it's not been a stretch. You know, we've had really here. Um, other than a couple of years ago, we lost five in a row twice in 19, um, you know, won our division. I think you look at every club, even the World Series winners, you know, and everybody looks back and thinks, well, gosh, you know, they, they just went bell to bell and just an easy ride and they just cruised all into it. And and uh, it's just not the case. Seasons have ups and downs. And, um, you know, so, you know, you put a lot of time, energy, effort, you see how the guys are preparing, you, you, you know, you realize that you're, you know, banged up on both sides of the ball, but you know that's that's part of the game, and you you got to figure out a way to get through it. And um, but you know you have your frustration, but really ultimately you got to turn it into production, and um, that's where I try to spend my time and energy. It's harder though because there's more people around you talking about it, so you know it's, you, you know you have to address it and try to 
um, figure out a way, which is our job, my job. But, um, you know, it's hard when, when it's a, you know, constant topic, which I do understand why it is. Um, but it's important to identify what's taking place, make adjustments, and, um, you know, not not um, overcorrect, but definitely not look and say, hey, everything's great, when it's clearly um, not as consistent as we need it to be. Yeah, I hear that. And when there are breaks that go your way, isn't it something when you can you feel a lot better about what you're doing? When you feel like, I'm sure you feel like your teams. You just mentioned it; they're grinding. I mean, your your bullpen was doing this, your defense do, is doing this. You're you're taking at bats and trying to get yourself back into the game, and make a little noise. But when breaks don't go your way, it just it just feels different. Isn't it amazing how uh, what a fine line it is in baseball that it can be a ball dropping in here or a ball missing just barely here, and suddenly things start to unravel. Yeah, it goes both ways, right? I mean, me and Mo were talking about that earlier. I mean, we won, you know, I don't get too bogged down. I mean, I'm aware we're playing well, but we won, you know, 15 out of 20 or whatever that looked like. And, you know, feel like not the game's easy because it's never easy, easy, but it's like, yeah, of course, you know. And then, you know, this like when you don't have much margin for error or it seems like you don't some nights and balls find holes or, you know, get hit at somebody in crucial situation, um, you know, it's really just a, it's, it's such a, I mean, I mean, I always talk about this too. It's such a fine line, um, between the perception of being really good and smart and, um, and struggling and, and, you know, what are you doing kind of thing. And it's just really, there's a lot of whimsicalness to it. Um, you know, you create some of it. We haven't helped ourselves. I'm not trying to alibi anything, but you know, the other day you mentioned the game and we had the lead and, you know, we, we had one walk. Um, lead off Walter Contreras, um, also a couple of close pitches didn't go our way and that, you know, swung the count, but you know, it's baseball, it happens. And next thing you know, you know, it's five, four, we got the lead and Rizzo puts a 20 pitch or 14 pitch bat together and against Ponce and gets one he can handle and, you know, bring Cabrera in and, you know, we get soft serve little blooper over to right field that kind of Marissa, creates that yeah. inning opportunity. And, and then here you go. And, um, so it's, it, it could, those soft serve singles go our way uh, as well. Just not right now. And we got to figure out a way to stay as positive as we can and as focused as we can and, and not, uh, not give into it. Yeah. The Marisnik hit is what you're referring to. I, I, that was a big exhale. Like, you know, I mean, that's, but that happens and, and that definitely happens both ways, as you said, and the Rizzo at bat really was spectacular. And I, I, I said, I told you I was, um, at the game on Friday, but I turned the person next to me and I said, you know, I think the game swings either way here because Ponce is going to, he's going to go right at him and he's going to deliver fastballs. He mixed in a couple other change speeds a couple times, but he's going to try to get him here. And, and Rizzo to his credit uh, was able to turn that game. And that place uh, was uh, some atmosphere for the home team, but it, it does uh, swing the other way too. And you mentioned this recently. You said this team is going to get hot. And the reason that you feel that way is you like your team and, and it's not Mike, the same team that you thought you were going to have at this time because of injuries, but the injuries also, no, it's not. you know, I mean, I just get through looking at the reports from the guys that are, um, you know, not with us. And, um, you know, it's a pretty substantial list of, of guys that, you know, can help us on both sides of the ball and starting in our bullpen and, you know, on the field as a regular, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, is, you know, we do have capable parts for sure. And, um, you know, I'm always going to, you know, figure out a way to find a solution to what we have. And, and, uh, you know, the one thing that I've encouraged the, the 
staff and the players to continue to do is uh, for some of these younger guys that are getting more experiences than um, than than you know we thought they might um, collectively. Make sure they're growing from it. You know, make sure they're a better version of themselves. Make sure they're growing emotionally. Make sure they're growing physically. Make sure they're understanding. You know what they got out of the situation. Um, so they can continue to look and be better versions of themselves as we move forward. And, and um, you know, we want to make sure that you know, they look up and, and, and they're turning into, you know, consistent big leaguers. And, and uh, we're trying to be intentional about what that looks like with, with the group. And, you know, the group's open-minded to it. And, um, you know, it's part of it, you know. And like Oviedo, you know, continue to learn from what you're doing. You know, a lot of positive things have happened the last two starts for Johan. And, um, but there's some things that, you know, from a mentality standpoint and thinking about how to go about it, that, you know, you still work through a little bit. And that's, look, you know, were you the same, are you the same guy now you were, you know, uh, you know, six months into your beginning of your career? Oh, no, no, I have definitely learned. Yep. Right. So that's what we're trying to make sure there's a learning culture and, and there's a growth mindset that was taking place. And, you know, you're getting better from your experience, taking advantage of the experiences around you, which are vast, and, and um, you know, we'll, we'll keep moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I got thrown into the fire early in my career and uh, was sitting in the office of Tony LaRusa, you know, and I, I learned pretty quickly from him what to how to handle covering a manager and a team, and uh, he learned in, in, in the same about me, and, and I thought that, uh, you know, that was a, a big step in my career, and I think about all of those experiences, no matter what happened, whether I had a good day or whether I had a rough day, those are all learning experiences moving forward. You're absolutely right. And for Oviedo, I mean, he was better. I mean, I, I had a good perspective of watching him. He was dealing, Mike. I mean, Oviedo mm-hmm. was throwing strikes and had it going. You're right. And then, you know, I'm not going to harp on the walks. I, I we've We've talked about it all the time, but I do... I will say that I was not at the game Saturday. I was listening to it on KMOX driving back to St. Louis, so I heard how the second inning unfolded on radio, so it was a little harder for me not being able to see it live. But whether it was missing by a few inches or not, it's still frustrating either way. If you had the answer to this, then, or if the pitchers had the answer to this, or if Mike Maddox had the answer, then the walks wouldn't be issued. (laughs) It would be... But... I guess my question is, how do you approach this now when it when it comes to issuing free passes? I know that it's something that that has been talked about over and over and over. I mean, now we've talked about it in spring training, and yeah. uh, you know, and and there's a lot of different thoughts and ways people think about approaching it. You know, ultimately, it's um, you know, some guy. It could be mechanical. It could be um, you know, moment of truth, as Mad Dog would say, where you get that point where you got to trust what you're doing and throw it. Um, there's a, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a combination of, of, of several things, um, you know, and, and you look up and you realize that there's some guys that are figuring out where their stuff plays. And I've been blessed to be able to go to every, pretty much every level of this game, including the amateur level, starting at the, at the high school level, including summer baseball and Legion baseball and high school baseball and then the collegiate level. So my point is I've been able to have this wonderful and candidly, probably the only, about the only person who really has the perspective of all of it, all the way up to, you know, minor league system and managing the big leagues. And and um, so you're talking about a lot of different levels from high school to, you know, a kid coming in and just learning how to be a varsity high school player and a kid coming in and learning how to be a freshman in college and a young man coming in to 
having a be a, a rookie ball player and a young man coming up to learn how to be a double A player and a triple A player and a big league player. And there are some that just blow by the league, just come in and like, including the big leagues. That gets rarer and rarer. I mean, makes sense, right? You show up, and there's most all of them that look up and just put their toe in their water and say, how do I fit? And um, that's what we have some guys figuring out. How do I fit in the big leagues? You know, Johan's a good example of that. Great stuff, big stuff, you know, plus pitches, all that. Um, but you go out and you get hit a little bit, you can get a little gun shy. And you start to nibble a little bit, try to be make the perfect pitch. Um, which, you know, if you look at pitches, most people miss their location by, by about five inches every pitch. All right. So that's regardless of who's pitching. Um, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to do. It's, you know, people think, well, that's what they do. That's their profession. I understand that. and I, I don't disagree with it. Um, but there's a learning curve my, is my ultimate wrap-up point to seeing if your stuff plays. And, you know, when you get hit, you nibble more and you walk more and, and it's here we go in a little cycle, and then you have more, some more of those guys that are in that mode a little bit, and it just kind of perpetuates a little bit and takes on its own identity. And, you know, our, our um, responsibility is to help individually and collectively message the mentality, which we have been. Um, you mentioned Mike Maddox, the guy that I trust uh, completely. Adam Wainwright coming to me about three weeks ago, and he goes, you do realize we have the best pitching coach in Major League Baseball. I said, oh, absolutely I do. And um, I believe that. And, um, you know, this guy's got 36 years of experience at the major league level between pitching and being a major league pitching coach. Um, I'm pretty sure he knows how it looks like to, you know, help guys through um, situations like this. And, and, you know, it's maddening. It's frustrating to him. You know, same here. I've had guys at lower levels, um, you know, struggle with command, usually at the rookie ball level figure that out, had individual one-offs come up and figure out what that looks like at higher levels. We just got more of it taking place now. And, and um, you know, like I said, there's individual collective conversations. You don't want to make it a big thing. You don't want to not address the elephant in the room. Um, you attack it individually. What's your pitches you throw most consistent for strikes? You have the most comfort level with, and we'll go with that. Um, but on the flip side of that, we've also had some some people that, you know, in the post game say, well, you know, this guy's not walking anybody. He's getting hit. Well, you know, you, gosh darn, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, you can't, you know, you can't have both. So I don't know if I answered your question to the to the to um, your satisfaction, but those are some of the thoughts. No, it does because, you know, that's pitching right there. I mean, you just explained it. It, it, it is uh, a learning experience, but also, you know, at this level, that's that's what you want. You want to see them doing their thing and throwing strikes. And, and Carlos Martinez, to, just to get to him briefly before we take a break, is – one of those that when he is, I mean, the ball's moving all over the place. It's tough to track. And when he's at his best, he has really, really good stuff. I mean, how do you, I don't know what the right term is there, not rein him in, but like channel Carlos to where he is that person, that that Carlos Martinez who is dealing. Uh, you've known him a long time. Just how do you look at him moving forward? And he'll start tonight for you. Yeah, I mean, he's done it for the most part this year. I mean, he got hit around in LA, but he's on the plate. He was on the plate the other day and got some swings against him. And, you know, the thing really with Carlos, a good example of this, we want out of all our guys. Wayno's really good at it. We just want soft contact. We want guys off the barrel. We want guys controlling counts. I mean, these are, these are, you know, the game's evolved and changed and, and a lot of things are good and some things that you still got to figure out and guys, you know, just, 
I'm not saying it's happening with our group. There's so much information out there for pitchers and, you know, thought processes and, you know, guys are training more about spin rate and, and all the different things and the, the actual art of pitching, um, you know, is, is, a, is, is being lost. More, it's more the science of pitching, you know, versus the art of pitching. That's, that's kind of maybe part of this for our industry. Um, but really what, what's tried and true is, and you just look at the numbers, and we read it out at the beginning of every series. Mike Maddox goes, all right, how many first pitch strikes do we throw out of so we threw in a series last series, I think it was, you know, two games set, I think it was 40 first pitch strikes, gave up three hits. And he says the batting average, how many first pitch outs do we get? Nine, you know, and to, you know, the first pitch batting average is very low. Um, and we, you know, those are things we track and show and control counts. And so it gets back to Carlos, you know, control counts. Um, he was off the plate in L.A., and then had to come and get too much of the plate. And, you know, you're talking about a very good hitting ball club that made him pay. Um, you know, a few balls like Mookie's looped in and, you know, found chalk. Um, you know, so we want troll count, get ahead 0-2-1-2, um, control that 1-1 count, be able to, to throw the ball where you want, and, you know, then you're going to have a better chance of strikeouts because you're controlling counts. Your hitter's going to expand the zone. And you're going to have softer, weaker contact off the barrel early in the count. That works. And now it's just, you know, so we know that to be tried and true. We talk about it, preach it, demonstrate it, show cause and effect. And, um, you know, now it's about execution. One more quick pitching thing before we take a break. KK, is he, is it a side session today for him? Yeah, really, um, full side session like he'd be ready to get ready to pitch in the game comes through that clear he should be able to um, take a start this week gotcha mike shield cardinals manager we appreciate him we're going to take a quick break come back a little bit more about his club his team is in chicago looking for a win tonight we have it of course right here on kmox shortly after six o'clock cards cubs this is the mike shield show we are back after these words Welcome back to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back, sports on a Sunday morning. The Mike Schilt Show on KMOX. Cardinals managers with us live from Chicago. His team playing at 6 o'clock, enjoying... A little downtime uh, before he heads over to the ballpark with me, and I really appreciate that. Uh, I thought that uh, to get into your team from an offensive standpoint, we the early burst on Friday was a great sign, and certainly Nolan Arenado is excited to be. He's excited just to play ball, but he's excited to be at Wrigley Field. You can just see it in his mannerisms. Uh, a little even extra jump in that young man. He hit uh, a home run yesterday, a laser, and he was hitting the ball all over the place on Friday, wasn't he, Mike? Yeah, he was. I mean, we had eight runs on the, you know, before coming over here beating Cleveland and um, five on Friday. And, and uh, you know, no one's a good player. He likes to play baseball, you know, enjoys competition. And, um, you know, this is a great atmosphere for competition. There's no question about that. And, you know, he's um, swinging the bat well and hit a missile yesterday out of here. Yeah, I thought that it'd probably be a matter of time before Tyler O'Neill puts one on Waveland. It could happen tonight. Who knows? I'm assuming he's in your lineup, but uh, he has been on a hot streak too. It's just a matter of 
stringing those together for everybody. But Tyler O'Neill, not to, I definitely don't want to do a radio show with you by uh, ignoring what he's been able to do at the plate. He has had some season, and not just at the plate, making plays in the field and running on the bases. Yeah, he's been really good every aspect of the game. You know, two homers in that game I mentioned uh, on Wednesday against Cleveland. Um, and, you know, it's good at bats, you know, really since he's been back from his finger and was productive prior to that, but has really played well over the last, uh, since he's been back off that IL and um, played tremendous defense, you know, ran to the wall at home, you know, made a tremendous play to end the game and to preserve a win against the Dodgers. Um, he's just really really done well you know stolen some bags stole a big bag um in that la win and then came home on sosa's ground ball single um so he's just been really good yeah it seems like every time he puts a barrel on it it's got a chance to go out he is something else in the meantime um you know i wouldn't mind seeing him in the home run derby that's just me uh what about um i guess paul DeYoung answered any questions about his health that was a bomb he hit off uh, hendrix yeah, nice stroke. Paul's got easy power, you know, and uh, a nice swing on that to answer right back from that five-run inning. I mean, you know, it's a little deflating when you get the lead, go out and get five, especially in the manner we did it um, by, you know, giving it to him, you know, in large measure. But, um, you know, and then come Paul, comes back and bam, you know, five-two, so you feel like you're, you're, you're you know, getting right back in it and uh, made a great diving play um, to his left on, I believe, Contreras and, uh yeah, he's a good player. Good to have him back. You know, been on the All Star Club, and you know, so did a nice job getting more opportunities. Gotten some bats the last few days. Double switched him in yesterday, um, but always, you know, off to a good start coming back off the IL. I feel like Matt Carpenter, ever since he signed his contract extension, has been held under a microscope. But you know, he's big leaguer, big boy. I mean, he can handle it. And uh, he had a big hit for you on Friday. He did get on base yesterday. Uh, you've been using him a lot at second base, and uh, I guess there are multiple reasons for that. Left-handed bat and still confidence in someone that you said uh, recently that you thought that he was taking and the numbers uh, showed it to you that he was taking better at bats and, and things were you felt starting to turn for him. Yeah, you look at his last 50 at bats, his numbers are pretty darn good. Um, you know, we had a um, big comeback that didn't, take place um you know seven nothing made a seven seven um got the win around the second win nobody out didn't cash in in that final game against cincinnati but carver's a big part of that you know big bases uh loaded double um uh, to right center and then bases clearing um ball down the line um which would be the dolan memory care play of the week for me mm. um you know to, to give us the lead for the first time in six games um, which is kind of hard to say, and and, and uh, but but true, and um, you know, big double down the line to to clear the bases gives a four-two lead um, in the first, and uh, you mentioned you know had a base hit RBI single yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, and drew a walk yesterday, so he's taking good at bats, and you know need a left-handed bat in there, and uh, he's been able to, and he's got great numbers against Davies um, in his career, the starter tonight, thirteen for twenty-six with a fifteen hundred. OPS. So, um, Carp's been been swinging the bat and contributing for us. And that, where does that leave Edmundo Sosa, who has been coming off the bench for you? Do you uh, not that uh, you, not that you're going to tell me who your lineup is tonight? But does Sosa get uh, some opportunities to start here and there for you? He's he's played pretty well. He does. Yeah, he does. He's earned that opportunity. Like I said, he's he's come off the bench, um, earned the opportunity to do that. 
um, you know, based on matchup. I mean, if Carp wouldn't have, didn't have such great numbers against Davies, you know, he might be in there today at second. Um, you know, Paul, we were going to – he's missing times. So instead of having to go, you know, six, seven in a row, he'll, he'll, um, he'll probably uh, get a blow here at some point this, this coming week. So, so, so get some time in seconds, time is short, you know, when Nolan needs a blow, he'll get an opportunity in third. So he'll, he'll get his, he'll get his opportunities. And in terms of the offense, just overall, I mean, you're always looking to improve, but is there part of this offense that, that you'd like to see better is just your overall analysis of it. Are there some things you'd like to see more of, or do you feel pretty good about what you have? Um, yeah, you always want more, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, you always you know want want to make be improved, but um, you know you look at it individually and you feel pretty good about it holistically. Um, I like to walk a little bit more. Um, you know, we haven't walked as much recently as as we we had been. Um, but you know, you look at it individually. You know, Eddie's having a really nice year at the top of the lineup. You know, one of the leaders in hits and stolen bases in the league, and um, Dylan's playing as well as any rookie, you know, in our league um, as a position player. Um, you know, Goldie's, you know, hadn't swung in as well as he may have liked it's, at certain points, but gets big hits, gets on base, takes his walk, um, and played really, really good defense. Um, you know, Nolan, you mentioned, has just been what we expect, a guy that's, you know, been a pretty consistent contributor in our lineup and, and a real, you know, threat. O'Neill's been outstanding. Yachty's swung the bat as well as he's had, you know, in his career, quite honestly, definitely over the last several years. Um, Carp's been better as of late. Numbers indicate that, you know, Paulie's back, you know, hit a big homer yesterday. Um, and then, you know, Sosa was a real contributing guy that, you know, that gave us quality at bats and, and did some things on the basis. So, you know, you look up and you realize, you know, lineup's pretty good. You know, Harrison's been out, we know, and um, but just about, putting it all together and, and putting it together with the pitching. Mike, uh, d- let me know if this is crossing the line or out of bounds on this question, but have you heard anything else about the uh, substances that you brought up in the in that press conference? Has Major League Baseball addressed anything, or, or is that still kind of in the works? Uh, it's in the works. Um, I can't get into great specifics. I, I don't know them yet. My understanding is I think it's uh, um, somewhat documented. Um, and, and, you know, maybe my little soliloquy rant, um, observation, whatever you would like to call it, maybe accelerated. I, I don't know, hopefully, but, um, you know, nonetheless, there's more steps taken and major league baseball is doing it regardless, trying to do it right, which I applaud, make sure that they, um, uh, there's a lot of factors at this time, you know, and I don't need to get into all of them, but you know, that what I'm, my understanding is happening is that. You know, you're looking at uh, a memo that'll take place um, to to the teams, creating some clarity about um, what it is that um, they're going to try to crack down, how they're going to crack down. There's also an education with the umpires um, and what the league expects them to do, how they expect them to monitor it, what what to look for. Um, and then there's going to be a reasonable period of time where um, people are on on notice, you know, to clean it up which I think is, is somewhat fair. Um, and then there'll be a go date of, hey, here, we're going to start enforcing it. And, you know, so all that sounds great. I just hope we get the go date and 
and do it. Um, I just I don't know exactly what the the memo is going to say or what the parameters are going to be, um, but that uh, that's what I know. I hear you. You know, tell me what the rules are. Tell me what the parameters are, and let's go. Yeah, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a great game that we play, right? Yeah, it's not, I mean, you know, it's sitting. I mean, but we've had it in place. The, the, the thing that's going to be tricky, the trickiest part of this, Tom, is the the elimination of the spider tech and you know all the different things that create these what are basically synthetic pitches now um, that create these three to five hundred RPM increases in pitches that makes the ball do wiffle ball type stuff. Um, that's what everyone wants out of the game. You know, by rule, any foreign substance is illegal. So sunscreen and rosin, a little bit of pine tar. Um, no one had – people have been using that. You know, Johnny Bench had a quote recently that I don't know if anybody saw, but they've been doing that forever. Mm. And no one's had an issue with it, including the hitters, primarily because – they want the grip on the baseball, and it doesn't really generate any significance from a spin revolution. Does it a little bit? Absolutely. But the hitters, with these guys throwing as hard as they do now, they want the guys to have an idea where it's going. Um, but they're now lumped into the same category. <laughs> so, you know, I think eventually baseball is going to look to get a baseball with a better grip. Um, and then standardize a substance that is more formally legal, but they're not there yet. So now everything's lumped into one thing, and, and one version of it with the Pontar uh, or the sunscreen and rosin is not the same as the manufactured synthetic things that are taking place that are being concocted. I mean, Tom, there's there's two teams that have chemists. There's, there's, there's labs taking place. There's pitching coaches that are taking place where they they sit there and it's like a buffet of different things and guys are trying it and this works with this and this works that. I mean, what what happened to some of the integrity of our game? And so anyway, don't get me started on it. But that's <laughs> that's that's the that's the you know no pun intended rub on this thing. Oh, yeah, well, I, yeah, we're uh, out of time, but I I know that uh, we definitely is something it's something to keep an eye on and and something that will start to come out, and I do think that you accelerated that with you know getting out there in front of it and and letting people know what's going on and showing a little frustration at the same time. And actually, it it was because of something that had happened to one of your pitchers in the game. So, no, I, I do appreciate that. And uh, you mentioned I am going to leave, uh, uh, finish the show as we go out with the highlight that you requested, the Matt Carpenter bases clearing double, and it is the memorable play of the week sponsored by Dolan Memory Care Homes. If you have a loved one with dementia that needs a safe place to live, contact Dolan Memory Care Homes where they have no more than 11 residents per household. Visit dolancare.com. Have a great game tonight. Have a great day in Chicago. Say hi to the family, and we'll catch up soon. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate you, man. Have a blessed day. You too. Mike Schilt, Cardinals manager. We are back right after this. They have the shift on for our Carpenter. And the uh, pitch. Swinging the line drive. Base hit on the right field. That's going to score two. That's going to send Carpenter down the second base with a double. And here comes Yadier Molina. They missed the cutoff, man, and he scored. And the runner goes to third. Start me up, James. 
we got another hour to go. Sports on a Sunday morning. Benjamin Hockman at 11-11. And that's because his book, 11 in 11, is awesome. It's about the 2011 Cardinals, the world champions. How good was Mike Schilt, by the way, this hour? If you did not hear it, I think you need to go back, use our rewind feature on the Odyssey app, and listen to him, Cardinal Baseball, tonight at 6. John Moselock at 11.30. We're going to ask him about his pursuit of pitching, his thoughts on the walks and other things. Sports on a Sunday morning. We'll also look back at the Stanley Cup champion blues next hour. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.